Welcome to News Kids. I'm Rose. And I'm Zara. And together we're presenting this weekly podcast about what's going on in our world today. Each week we cover top stories across world news, politics, science, technology, entertainment and arts. This week we're talking about why Turkey is invading Syria, the discovery of new moons orbiting around Saturn, growing meat in space, Nobel Prizes, World Mental Health Day and why people are talking about putting a tax on sugar and junk food. Hi, it's Rose here. This week there has been extensive fighting between the Turkish military and Kurdish forces in northeastern Syria, leading to reports of many casualties. Turkey has vowed to push back from its border. Members of a Syrian Kurdish militia called the People's Protection Unit, also known as the YPG. Turkey feels threatened by the YPG and believes they are an extension of the Kurdistan Workers' Party, which is considered to be a terrorist group by the US and EU. Turkey's president, Mr Erdogan, had called for a 20-mile-deep safe zone along the Syrian side of the border, clear of Kurdish fighters. The fighting started after US troops, who relied on an alliance of Kurdish and Arab forces to defeat the Islamic State group on the ground in Syria, withdrew from the area which is next to the border between Syria and Turkey, leaving Kurdish forces unprotected. Announcing the start of Operation Peace Spring on 9th October, Mr Erdogan said Turkey's aim was to prevent the creation of a terror corridor across our southern border and to bring peace to the area. On Saturday, Turkey announced that it has seized control of the town of Ras Al-Ain in northern Syria. Ras Al-Ain and the town of Tal Abyad are two of the key goals in the Turkish offensive. Pressure is building on Turkey to halt its operation, but President Erdogan says it will continue. On Saturday, France said it would suspend all weapons exports to Turkey. Germany earlier announced it was reducing its arms sales to the NATO ally. UK Prime Minister Boris Johnson also warned President Erdogan in a telephone call that his operation could undermine progress made against IS in Syria. Meanwhile, the Kurdish-led alliance said it would defend its territory. It accused the US of leaving the area to turn into a war zone and risking the re-emergence of IS. According to the United Nations, an estimated 130,000 people have been displaced since the start of the military attack. At least 38 ordinary people and more than 80 Kurdish fighters have been killed, according to the UK-based Syrian Observatory for Human Rights. This is Zara. This term, we have been learning all about the solar system and science, so I was very interested to hear the news earlier this week that Saturn has now overtaken Jupiter as the planet that has the most moons. A team of US researchers discovered 20 new moons orbiting Saturn, which means that Saturn now has 82 moons, while Jupiter has 79. 
Each of the new moons in orbit around Saturn is about 5 kilometres in diameter or 3 miles. 17 of the new moons are in retrograde orbit, which means that their movement is opposite to Saturn's rotation around its axis. And three of the moons are in prograde orbit, meaning that they move in the same direction as Saturn's rotation. The new moons were discovered by a team of astronomers led by Dr. Shepard from the University of California. The team discovered the moons by taking a fresh look at observations made nearly 10 years ago using the Subaru Telescope, which is an 8.2 metre telescope located in Hawaii. Dr. Shepard said that Jupiter had been the planet with the most known moons since the late 1990s, but he thought that more moons were probably waiting to be found around Saturn, although it will take bigger telescopes to find these moons because their small size and the distance from Earth makes it very hard to observe them. Dr. Shepard and his team are holding a contest to name the moons and entries have to be submitted via Twitter by the 6th of December. It's Rose here, speaking of space. I read this week that for the first time, fake meat has been grown in space. That's crazy. Apparently, an Israeli food technology company called Aleph Farm grew the cell-based meat on the International Space Station. Cells from cows were harvested on Earth and taken to space, where they were grown into small-scale muscle tissue using a 3D bioprinter. The experiment took place on 26 September on the Russian segment of the International Space Station. In the future, this could be a way of providing meat for people living on the space station to eat and an alternative to specially prepared space food. Didier Tubia, co-founder and chief executive on Aleph Farms, said, We are proving that cultivated meat can be produced anytime, anywhere, in any condition. We can potentially provide a powerful solution to produce the food closer to the population needing it at the exact and right time it is needed. The global food industry has seen increasing efforts to try and find alternatives to real meat, to try and reduce the environmental impact that is made when animals are reared for food. Fake meat can be grown in laboratories using cells from animals and plants, but look and taste just like real meat. It's Zara again. Earlier this week, on the 10th of October, it was World Mental Health Day. When we talk about mental health, we are talking about how people are thinking and feeling and how they are cooperating with all the things that are happening in their life. It is normal to sometimes feel sad or unhappy, but when you always feel sad and unhappy and those feelings never go away or they really start affecting your life, that is when a person might be considered to have a mental health problem. The aim of World Mental Health Day is to raise awareness of mental health problems, educate people and remove any feelings or embarrassment about talking about or having mental health problems. The day was set up by the World Federation for Mental Health and it was first celebrated in 1992. This year, in the UK, a special government report has been released to show the importance of looking after our well-being. 
The report showed that over four in five children and young people said that they were happy with their lives. That is all good news, but it does mean that there are still children and young people who do not feel that they are happy with their lives. The report also showed that as children grow older and become teenagers, their level of well-being can sometimes go down. So, what can you do to get involved? Well. You can donate to mental health clinics and services that help people that suffer from mental health problems, and you can also organize conversations at schools and with friends, neighbors, and family members about the importance of mental health and how to quickly recognize the signs of mental health problems. If you are ever worried about mental health. Or well-being, or if you have questions about this topic, please speak to an adult that you trust, like a parent or a teacher. Sarah, what do you think about World Mental Health Day? Well, I think it's very important, and we all have mental health problems, at least sometimes. So we should definitely talk to someone about it. What do you do when you're feeling sad or unhappy? Sport is really good to. Clear something out of your head, like if I do netball, if I do tennis, even if I cartwheel all around my garden, because it's basically a distraction. It's a distraction that is very fun. Why do you think it is good that Mental Health Day was celebrated in schools, Ara? It's good because in my class we had the whole day. Well, a, a bit of our day. Well, we just got to colour a nice mindfulness colouring, and it really relaxed my brain. All my thoughts went out onto my colouring. What about you, Rose? I think it's important just to raise awareness. Really, some people may have mental health problems without even knowing it, and it's good we know some signs for mental health problems if we're worried about our friends. Hi, it's Rose here. This week, the six winners of the 2019 Nobel Prizes have been announced. The Nobel Prizes are very important awards, and each year a committee selects a winner in each of six different categories: literature, chemistry, physics, medicine, economic science, and peace. The Nobel Prizes were founded by Alfred Nobel, who was an inventor, entrepreneur, scientist, and businessman. When he died in in 1896, he gave instructions in his will that his fortune should be used for prizes in physics, chemistry, physiology, or medicine, literature, and peace. To those who, during the preceding year, shall have conferred the greatest benefit to humankind. However, the request came as a surprise to lots of people. His family were against the establishment of the Nobel Prize, and the prize awarders he named refused to do what he had requested in his will. It was five years before the first Nobel Prize could be awarded in 1901. Since then, however, it has become a very well-known way of recognizing people who have made a significant contribution to our world in these different areas. And the Nobel Peace Prize, in particular, has become very famous. Past winners of the Nobel Peace Prize include Desmond Tutu, Nelson Mandela, Malala Yousafzai, and Barack Obama. So who won the 2019 prizes? 
The 100th Nobel Peace Prize has been awarded to Ethiopian Prime Minister Abiy Ahmed for his efforts to achieve peace and international cooperation. Last year, Mr Ahmed secured a peace deal with neighbouring country Eritrea, ending 20 years of hostilities. The Nobel Prize in Chemistry was awarded to John Goodenough. He was certainly good enough. Darling Whittingham and Akira Yoshino for the development of lithium ion batteries. The awards committee said that through their work, they have created the right conditions for a wireless and fossil fuel free society and so brought the greatest benefit to humankind. The Nobel Prize in Physics was awarded for contributions to our understanding of the evolution of the universe and Earth's place in the cosmos with one half to James Peebles, the theoretical discoveries in physical cosmology, the other half jointly to Michael Mayer and Didier Kellers for the discovery of an exoplanet orbiting a solar-type star. The Nobel Prize in Physiology or Medicine was awarded jointly to William J. Kalin Jr., Sir Peter J. Ratcliffe and Greg L. Semenza for their discoveries of how cells sense and adapt to oxygen availability. The Nobel Prize in Literature was awarded to Peter Hanke for an influential work that with linguistic ingenuity has explored the periphery of human experience. The 2019 Prize for Economic Sciences was given to Abjit Banerjee, Esther Dufflow and Michael Kramer for their experimental approach to alleviating global poverty. Hello again, this is Zara. This week, England's outgoing Chief Medical Officer, Dame Sally Davies, said in her final report that snacking should be banned on public transport and extra taxes should be placed on unhealthy foods to tackle the problem of childhood obesity. The proportion of obese children has doubled in the past 30 years and today about a third of children are obese or overweight by the age of 11 in England. Obesity increases the risk of lots of diseases including cancer, heart disease and diabetes. Dame Sally has put forward a few suggestions to reduce obesity. A key suggestion is banning food and drink on local transport to discourage snacking. Dame Sally also suggested that increasing taxes on unhealthy foods would help reduce obesity. She said that the sugar tax, a tax that was applied on sugary drinks since last year in the UK, had been very successful and had reduced sugar consumption by a fifth and meant that the equivalent of 30,000 tonnes of sugar a year had been taken out of the UK's diet. Dame Sally wants taxes now to cover milk-based drinks too and to apply VAT to certain unhealthy foods that are currently not subject to VAT. Some food items that have chocolate are currently subject to VAT, but other unhealthy foods are not and Dame Sally wants these foods to be taxed 
Two, Dame Sally also wants to phase out all advertising of unhealthy food and drink. The UK government is aiming to have obesity rates by 2030. The Health Secretary, Matt Hancock, said that the ministers would study Dame Sally's recommendation closely. What do you think, Rose? Do you think it would help if unhealthy foods were made more expensive by taxing them? I think it would help if they doubled the taxes for sugary drinks and unhealthy food and then maybe lowered the taxes for healthy food so they have more healthy food because they can afford more of it and less unhealthy food. Do you think a government should decide what people should eat? I don't think government actually chooses what you eat. It, it's your choice, but you have to make a good decision. What do you think, Sarah? I think the government shouldn't do this because the government doesn't rule our life. It doesn't tell us what to do. We should be able to do our own thing, even if it's the wrong choice. But they're just saying, it's a warning that you might, if you eat too much junk food, you might become obese. Is there another way the government can help people eat less unhealthy food? For example, by getting rid of unhealthy food adverts, because that just tempts them into actually buying the food. I completely agree, Rose. That's all for this week. I hope you enjoyed our show, and thank you for listening.